Hey, everybody, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show, we're talking about infidelity. Yep, that kind. You know, the big one. Can a marriage survive if a partner cheats? We have an expert coming on who thinks it can. We're talking about it next on the Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Republican presidential candidate Mitt Romney informed voters that if he is elected, he will not be pursuing any legislation to repeal abortion laws as they currently exist. The statement is being judged by some as a political effort to gain more support from women voters. Quite a few of Romney's latest policy statements have been taking the GOP candidate closer to a political center, which may help him to attract independent voters in the final weeks before the vote. President Obama's campaign team is calling the statement on abortion another flip for Romney and saying that no one should be using such an important issue to gain political points. A South Carolina voter ID law requiring a state-issued form of ID to be shown in order to cast a ballot has been upheld, but will not be implemented until next year. A three-judge district panel unanimously voted that there is too little time to implement the law before the November 6th election. The U.S. Justice Department opposed the law, challenging that requiring voters to provide ID will infringe on the 1965 Voting Rights Act, as it will lead to lower turnout of specific groups. Top Democrats say the laws are aimed at lowering turnout of groups that generally vote for their party. The court ruled the law is necessary to stop voter fraud, and while there aren't many recorded cases of fraud, the law will make certain. California's worst gasoline price hike in history has finally started to ebb after over a week of climbing that left some areas facing prices in excess of $5 a gallon. The average price fell just half a cent today, according to multiple price trackers, to around $4.66 a gallon. Los Angeles has been particularly short of supply, leading some stations to stop offering gas altogether, as the average price there is still hovering around $4.90. The common explanation for the spike that jumped prices over 50 cents in less than a week has been that multiple California refineries are currently out of commission. However, some senators have been calling for an official investigation to see if other less obvious factors contributed to the rise. With the vice presidential debate just a day away, new poll numbers for the number two men are shaping expectations about the outcome. Current VP Joe Biden's string of gaffes seem to be impacting the public's view, according to a PEW poll, which shows just 39 percent of voters view him favorably and 51 percent view Biden unfavorably. This is not good news for the president's campaign, especially when compared to Romney's running mate, Paul Ryan, who enjoys an even favorable, an even favorable and unfavorable rating of 44 percent. Another Republican debate win could continue the recent momentum the Romney campaign is enjoying after the last debate. Some polls are now even giving Romney the overall edge for the election. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. 
I am your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can every day on this show to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives to give you a leg up on this crazy thing we call humanity, this earth, this global ah, ball of mud. And uh, welcome to the journey, folks. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. Of course, I have my crew here who are going to be helping me uh, as we talk about some of the news that's coming up. And one of the things, I guess, that we really need to uh, start figuring out, as we are humans dealing with the human factor, this thing we call life, today's show we're going to be dealing with probably one of the most difficult things that exists, um, maybe in our relationships, infidelity. And we're going to get into that and uh, bring on really probably one of the great experts in um, helping people understand infidelity, helping them to kind of make their way through it, Dr. Scott Haltzman, uh, who is an author, and he's going to be joining us a little bit later um, to to talk about infidelity and, and, and the fact that you can survive it. And we've got our crew here as well who's going to be – right now they're going to just – we're going to do a little news about the human factor. What we like to do on the show is present some news stories about life and what uh, people are suffering and struggling with. And so let's get into the news. Anybody got good news about being human today? I do. What? I most certainly do. So BT. this is science. You remember how one guy made penicillin and then suddenly people started living 30, 40 years longer? That one guy. That one yeah. guy. Yeah. Actually, I saw his name the other day. I can't believe I can't remember it. Is but, it Salk? Uh, that sounds right. Jonas? Jonas? I don't know. We Salk. need a fact checker. Fact no, check. We don't have. We, don't, yeah. we can't afford one. All right. Um, or was it Penny? Penny Sillen. That was his name. Oh, Penny. I see, Great I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, in antibiotic news, so what's been kind of happening with antibiotics yes. is we're kind of inducing natural selection with germs. So what's happening is we, we had the normal germs that were, yeah. that were tearing us to pieces. We call them the weak germs. The we- yeah. So, and we're, we're taking these antibiotics and all the weakling ones are all dying off. Yeah, and, losers. And, and we're getting over our colds right. and our flus. But what's happening is like the superheroes are living on. And then they are reproducing. The super germs. The super germs. Which, by the way, I must have got at the restaurant we went to last night. Really? Yes. Oh. You lucky dog. Mmm. Super. Super germs. It, it, wasn't it nice to pay for that? It was nice. You I paid, paid twice. You paid a lot of money for that. <laughs> oh, that's sad. But true. So there's... Uh, so tell the super germs, though, how do you kill a super germ? Um, that's the funny thing about them. I they know what it is. They become more and more super. You drink that gel. Oh, that chlor... What is it? The uh, antiseptic... Anti- anti- um, that numbing, the, tasty yeah. numbing spray stuff. No. No? I'm talking about the ones you put on your hands. Did you hear the story? Oh. Everyone's out there drinking that. The antiseptic. Oh, isopropyl alcohol? Yeah, pretty much. The rubbing alcohol? But yeah, you, there's the, the ones. stuff that's not like no. the other. There's like the, the jelly ones that you wash your hands with when you don't have uh, a bathroom to go wash your hands. And the old rule of thumb if the uh, bottle says, don't drink this. No, don't, you don't drink that. But this is, you don't even actually drink it because it's chunky. So you kind of chew it, <laughs> swallow it. It's not even drinking. It's like stew. It's the okay, same consistency as stew. it's fatal or harmful if swallowed. Yeah, it's an antiseptic. Don't swallow. Yeah, it's an antiseptic chew. Yeah. 
That sounds weird, but I'm pretty sure. So that's how you get rid of the super ones, right? That's how you get rid of the super ones. You but burn them out of your gut. <laughs> you burn them out of your body because you <laughs> kill your body when you do that. No. All right. So they're, they're coming up with a new solution to these germs. What? Instead of killing germs, they're disarming them. So they're affecting the germs. I see. So that they can't replicate. Or it's like gun control in your gut. Well, I was thinking taking the prisoner captive. Exactly. You put the German little handcuffs and walk him off to a little war well, prison. Who wants a bunch of germs in their body anyway? Well, and here's the thing. What if they're all weaklings and they can't really do anything? They can hang out all day if they don't do anything to me. That doesn't bother me. true. So, we already did a story on that. How you got a lot of junk hanging out in hey, you. Got, but those are those are the ones that you came with, right? There's see, this is the human deal. You're carrying a lot of baggage. You are. I'll bet you these extra germs make you sleepy. You know, if they're anything like my relatives, they probably just frustrate me. <laughs> Would they, 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 they come we could in disarm our relatives the same way? Oh, man, so they're really only. just going to just let you keep these big mega germs, and you're just going to disarm them. I mean, we'll see what happens, but that's the idea. Instead of killing off the weak ones and letting the strong ones keep getting worse and worse and worse yeah. and worse and worse, just let's just disarm them. Let's Have let you them seen Men in Black? Uh, which one? All of them. Unfortunately, I yeah. That's what's going to happen. Okay. These guys these are going to morph into weird space people, and they're going to then bust out of your body one day. I sure hope not. I don't remember that part of Men no, in Black. No, it's the aliens wear the people suits. No. I feel you like a people suit right long. now. I'm sorry. For all my germs. Here's one. Um, did you hear about this mom? Okay. You guys don't have kids yet, but I'm just trying to teach you. Because I feel like you're my pups. But when I do, only the best for my children. Well, when you do, are you going to get your 11-year-old tattooed? No, that's not only the best, so (laughs) probably not. Or will he already have one by then? (laughs) He'll have a big eagle tattoo on his three-year-old back. birthmark, no. So a mother in South Carolina is drawing criticism from parents, believe it or not, across the country for tattooing her 11-year-old daughter. Mom of the year. Okay. Hmm. The act was deemed illegal in her home state. South Carolina. So backwards. So They don't even let you tat up your children. (laughs) Odessa Clay was arrested late in September, charged with tattooing a minor. She said she only did it because her daughter asked her to. Oh, because kids never ask for... (laughs) Dad? Kids never bring terrible ideas to parents. Dad, can can I I see your gun, Dad? Sure, son. Here you go. It's only because he wanted to. I didn't want him to have it, but he just kept nagging me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I wonder if she could have gotten around all that if she'd crossed the border. It's like people buying, uh, you know, you live in a state that has fireworks banned, so you drive to the oh, next state the over. Next or state Wyoming. Over. Like, yeah. Get in the car. Go buy our 4th of July fireworks. And I don't get know your what tattoo, the too. tattooing state is where they tattoo 11-year-olds. It's clearly not South Carolina. But by the way, if you were going to tattoo your 11-year-old, eleven year old, what would you tattoo him with? She used Name a little address, heart. Postage, right? postage guaranteed uh-huh, if right. returned to sender. Blood type? Yeah, that could be handy. Too. I mean, if we're I do allergy no, information. I would I tattoo them, but I mean, if you're going to. Just right. something that they have to wear for life. Some kind of barcode so the police can scan them and be like, oh, yeah, that's where we got to return them to. <laughs> she tattooed mother. Mother? No, just kidding. Uh, she tattooed just a little heart. Just a little heart on her shoulder, and she's probably going to get about 60 days in jail on a $1,000 fine. Ugh. Also, like, the real problem with tattoos is that, you know, the human body doesn't exactly stay the same 
No. Over time? That tattoo will eventually be down by her waist. That's what I'm thinking. From 11, the shoulder to the waist. 11-year-olds grow a lot. <laughs> Does the fine vary based upon how tasteful the tattoo is? Yeah, no, I don't think they're judging the tat. I mean, it may start as a heart and then look like an apple later, or it might, you know. Some, know. some comments, by the way, online were comments like, children raising children, <laughs> and uh, she's your daughter, not one of your 30-year-old friends. Ouch. That's smart. I wouldn't even let Rob get a tattoo. Rob wanted a tattoo at the Matt Townsend show. You, I don't even know how you, how you get one. We, <laughs> do we even have like a logo I don't get or anything? We need a logo. We're actually we a we're logo. creating a logo right now. But I know where you can get one, Rob. There's this mother in South Carolina that will do it for you. She's oh, 30 she, years old. She might old. know someone. She has experience. She, she knows how to do it. She had her own kit. And she, she did say, I did, uh, I did make sure that we put some stuff on her skin to numb it. Oh, wait. Did she tattoo it herself? Mm-hmm. Oh. Homebrew. That's what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a jail tattoo, basically. Yes, if you do it at home, it's legal, right? Oh, yeah. aren't families great? Families <laughs> are great. Um, uh, one more story. This is how great families are. Uh, a Hong Kong couple is suing Harvard for rejecting the, rejecting their son. Um, he got rejected and was not allowed to go to Harvard. And the company is now su- suing the con- or the cu- the couple is suing the company that was the consultants that basically they said guaranteed he'd get into Harvard. Well, if they had a contract, we'll get your son into Harvard no matter how a dummy is. Actually, apparently yeah, there they wasn't can't do it. a contract. It was probably more of a verbal thing. Verbal, and, verbal uh, contract. You know, that's I just, a tort. Ah, yeah, there comes a point where you just can't sue when you don't get into Harvard. I, I think there's a time to cut your losses. Yeah. I mean, I know you sued, Bryce, your parents did, when you didn't get into BYU. No, that's a. Is I think that that's a fabrication. Uh, maybe okay, because there's only two in the entire United States. Don't worry, I've looked it up, but it must have been the other. <laughs> Bryce one. just showed up, and it was the other Bryce Eventually, they just started Houston. taking his money. Uh, what, what is it? Squatters' Dallas. rights? Yeah, you know, if you if you just kind of show up at classes long enough, eventually they'll charge you t- t- for tuition for it. <laughs> I'll just assume I belong. Isn't that just crazy? So, I mean, you know, there comes a point where we just need to just go to the university in Hong Kong. You know, but I'm starting to think you're saying it's, it's, it's just cut their losses. So over the lifetime, if they go to Harvard and they network and get that cool business job in Wall Street and they make 10 times as much money as they were going or to Or if they start a company like I bet like you Facebook. even if they sued and it cost them $100,000, of course, that still doesn't get the kid in. Hmm. Wow, doing a break-even analysis. Well, I think I think within a few years this could pay out, pay off for them. Here's a few more details. They spent two million dollars to this company to get their son into Harvard. Well, I can understand why they're a little uh, perturbed at the turn of events. What kind of grades did this kid? If they have? had just spent two million dollars on a tutor, the kid would be in Harvard. Hello. Apparently, I need to go to Hong Kong <laughs> and I need to be a tutor. Yes. You just, Who cares about college? Or just start a scam to get people into Harvard. Uh, anyway, you know, what do you do? What do you do? It's just life. It's this crazy thing we call life. I guess there's a million ways to get your kid into Harvard. Some can pay for it. You know, some won't even have a chance because they've got amoebas in their body and they're probably going to die. Uh, some will just be tatted up and they won't get in because mom tatted them up. There's a million ways to not get into Harvard. That's true. And we're only going to talk about a few of them. In a minute, we're going to come back, start talking about infidelity. That's a happy, upbeat topic. Yeah, that's a nice segue, we call it right there. We are going to try to figure out how you save a marriage where there's been infidelity. We're bringing on 
our expert, our uh, the guru of um, marriage, saving marriages, improving marriages. Dr. Scott Halsman's coming with us, and he's going to take us on a journey and teach us how you can go about improving a relationship where there's been infidelity. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We're going to even talk about whether you're married or just dating is going out with someone else while you're dating infidelity. We're going to be talking about it right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. You can't live without it, but how do you tell what's in your water? With help from a space farm. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. From childhood, one of the first things we learn in elementary science is the formula for water, H2O. Two hydrogen atoms and an oxygen atom mix the stuff we drink and skate on and wash with. But in real life, pure H2O is rare. Our tap water contains all manner of dissolved minerals, chemicals, and biological stuff. Some good, some not. Knowing what's in your water is a full-time job for city utilities. And now, what they use to analyze your drinking and treated water is a system based on NASA technology for space gardens. ChemScan was originally developed to monitor the water for hydroponic farms and space habitats, where astronauts would grow plants to make fresh air and food. The system replaces an entire suite of tests and sampling procedures used by conventional water utilities on Earth. A commercialized version of ChemScan is used in major cities today, saving money while doing the job cheaper, better, and faster than before. Mmm, good stuff. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. After another defensive battle in which just a single touchdown was enough for the victory. Catch made, touchdown! J.D. Boslev! The BYU Cougars must now rely on their defense once again as they host one of the nation's top teams, the number 10 Oregon State Beavers. It's BYU football this Saturday on BYU Radio. Pre-game begins at 1.30 p.m. Eastern time with kickoff scheduled for 3.30 here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Three thirty in the morning, not a soul in sight. The city's looking like a ghost town on a moonless summer night. This is Garth Brooks, by the way. Infidel. And the thunder rolls. This is the story of infidelity. And the thunder The great thing about uh, country western is they've pretty much nailed the infidelity market. Every light is burning in a house across town. She's pacing by the telephone in her faded flannel gown. Flannel, that's part of the problem. Asking for a miracle, hoping she's not right. 
Don't believe it, little lady. Do not believe it. It's not the weather. This song has been listened to, uh, listened to by thousands of people whose partner has had an affair. I'm sure of it. It's the anthem of infidelity. Ugh. Happening to so many people out there. One more verse here. She's waiting by the when he pulls into the drive She rushes out to hold him Thankful he's alive Oh, you could have died the wind and rain A strange new perfume blows And the lightning flashes in her eyes And he knows that she knows And the thunder rolls And the thunder rolls I'm telling you, oh, that is Garth Brooks, The Thunder Rolls. It's missing the third verse. There is a third verse. This was the verse that was never played. Why was it never played, Rob? Well, I think it was something uh, Garth would do at concerts, but I don't think he really wanted it getting out on the radio or anything. Because the words... She decides to take matters into her own hands and... It doesn't end well. <sighs> yeah, you know, you don't fight infidelity with um, ammunition. There, there's definitely better ways to. Uh, there are better ways to do it, and we're going to be situation. bringing. If somebody on, ends up in a box or in prison. It, it, it's not it's bad the way to do everybody. it. But you know what? The, the reality of that song. I mean, it's just such a infidelity. I see it in my practice. I see it with my clients all of the time. Um, it's such a blow. It is such a blow to a relationship. So we're going to be bringing on Dr. Scott Haltzman, um, who is a, an MD. He's a certified uh, in psychiatry and a distinguished fellow of the American Psychiatric Association. We'll be bringing him on in a minute. Uh, he's going to help us you know, learn from his book, Men, Marriage, and Divorce, and, uh, and just give us some tools, some ideas for how to maybe recover from infidelity. So if you're out there and you're you're struggling with this. Your partner's done it, or you're involved in, in infidelity right now. Uh, you know, it's a big deal, and we'd love to help you. If you have any um, questions that you have for Dr. Haltzman, let's get your calls right now. 801-422-0143. 801-422-0143. We'd love to hear from you. Um, it's really not much to joke about. I mean, it's we, we laugh, I guess, because we have to figure out a way to get through it. Um, but there's there's nothing that tears a relationship more apart than this. Now, here's some signs that your partner may be having an affair, which these are interesting signs because I see a lot of them in my own team here. And uh, so I'm wondering if any of you are sneaking out to other radio shows that I didn't know. I about. do work for a few of them in the st- in the station. I can tell, but I don't I don't tell you that. Well, I can tell because when I walk in, you immediately hide yourself. <laughs> Put this those is so away. you, Bryce. You hide your cell phone. You delete your text messages quickly. Quickly. You, I just delete my text messages to free up space on my phone. That's is that what, what he doing? says. Skylar it's doesn't not a, get text messages. Not a very good phone. <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, you're having phone bills sent to another address. 
what is this, the 60s? <laughs> yeah. You still send them out. Money are taking, you're taking money out of the ATM. You're working longer hours at work. You're altering how you're dressing. Like Rob's now wearing those muscle shirts <laughs> where you can see his muscles just popping out of those shirts. All one and a half of them. <laughs> you don't have one and a half muscles. Um, we're getting in better shape. They're using more gas. Which, hold on, hold on. The better shape one, I, I take issue with that because- You would because you've been getting in better shape the well, last it, well, yeah. three months. It's not because not, not I want to- It's because you did the mad is fat challenge. <laughs> well, yes, but I don't see why. I understand what they're getting at with, you know, a change in dress, a change yeah. in appearance, you know, trying to transform yourself. I, I get why they could say that that's- yeah. But, a cheating thing. But I don't think we should go around saying, hey, if he's getting better clothes, he must be cheating. Well, I don't no. know. Maybe he's, maybe she is just, you know, tired of, of being frumpy. Maybe she's, maybe yeah. they want nicer Frumped clothes. Down. Or I think it's the compilation of that and the other ideas. Okay. Combine them all. By yeah. itself, you don't worry. You combine all of that, oh. plus their mileage in their car is too high. It's like, let's just say they've, they've been driving to California a lot. See, that would be weird, right, Rob? That is the sign of infidelity. Hey, it's Rob. perfectly normal to drive 700 miles, well, over a weekend. <sighs> Only if you're time, in love, Times Rob. three. Rob's going to California looking for love in all the wrong places. Um, the, uh, the music stations have changed in their car. Really? Now they're listening to, let's just say, some of that rap music. Uh-huh. There are two empty cups or containers for food. Matt's wife gets in the car, and the first thing she hears on the radio, where hip-hop lives. (laughs) You're a gangman. What's it called? Gangnam style. Gangnam style. If that's in your partner's car, there's a problem. There are two empty cups or food containers in their car, and it's just usually his car. I think a dead giveaway would be it's a flavor of soda. That he doesn't like, yes. that you don't like, or that I keep doing he. Yeah, it could guys be, aren't yeah, the only are, ones who guys cheat. aren't the only ones that cheat. Fresca cans in the car. <laughs> oh my like, heavens! Whose diet Fresca is this? What? <laughs> that is sad. Um, so these are big deals, right? How do you know? And by the way, I'm not sure I'd get caught up in the knowing. I think when you finally know, uh, we'll ask we'll ask Dr. Haltzman about this. But I guess at some point you're going to get enough signs that we probably need to talk. And once we start talking, how do you deal with it? How do you handle the affairs? I mean, affairs are not a new thing. If you've just been listening to the news or any political news for the last 30 years, affairs have been pretty commonplace. If you have it all, why would you throw it all away? Rob Sanders takes a look at the infidelity of the rich and the powerful. Sometimes you just have to ask, why are they throwing it all away? Some prominent politician or wealthy actor who looks like they just have it all. You know, take, for instance, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He would have been considered successful enough just as a bodybuilder, but he leveraged that into movies and made even more money. I think he's credited in, what, 45 titles? And yeah, even though the acting's not the best when he's, I'll be back. Nobody can deny he got huge success out of that. Then in 2003, when California's Governor Gray Davis got into some trouble... He slid right into that job. And even though some debate how effective he was as a governor, at least the state wasn't on fire or anything like that when he left. So one could argue he was successful there, too. Which now, at age 65, probably would warrant a quiet retirement to be able to return to Maria and the kids and settle down. But no, he threw it all away! You 
Last year, the news finally broke that Arnold Schwarzenegger had been having an affair. And 25 years of marriage to Maria Shriver came crashing down. She showed up in a YouTube video the next day mad about something political, but she didn't have her wedding ring on anymore. President Bill Clinton rolled through two terms in the White House, one of the highest modern approval ratings of a U.S. president, generally well-liked, until 1998 rolled around and we found out what he'd been doing for the past three years in the Oval Office. Now, of course, he kept his job and his wife did stay with him, but you know, that had to put a huge strain on him. And the real cost that he paid, the part he threw away, really was his legacy. You know, presidents obsess over that sort of thing. What's my legacy? What's my legacy? Well, the Clinton-Lewinsky affair is probably not his legacy, but boy, it's sure the second or third thing you might think of when the name Bill Clinton pops up. And there was that governor from New York, also fairly well-liked, was cracking down on vice in his state, and he seemed like a squeaky clean kind of guy. Until the IRS noticed some kind of funny wire transfer. And they thought, oh no, the governor's identity has been stolen. Until they found out Elliot Spitzer really did send the money to a place called the Emperor's Club as Client 9. And a whole bunch of stuff got thrown away. His legacy, his job as New York's governor, his reputation. And at the press conference, his wife did stand by his side and, and has so far stuck with him. But you know, that's just got to put a strain on the relationship. As you look through the news and through the tabloids, there's countless examples of famous people, politicians, movie stars, who watch their marriages all fall apart because of one decision they made. What gets people to that point? And why do some spouses stand by their man and others not? Rob Sanders giving us the uh, infidelity update. It really is. It's interesting. When people have it all, they're still going to go risk for more. We're going to be bringing on Dr. Scott Haltzman, uh, board-certified psychiatrist, author of uh, Men, Marriage, and Divorce. He's going to help us through this infidelity concept. How do we handle it? Why do we do it? Really, why do we risk so much, lose so much, and can you recover from it? If you'd like to ask Dr. Haltzman questions, give us a call, 801-422-0143. What questions do you have about infidelity, recovering from it, uh, rebuilding the trust? 801-422-0143. We'll be back with Dr. Haltzman right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Kennedy Center's Global Awareness Lecture invites international diplomats, scholars, and talented individuals to speak on issues affecting the global community. Increase your global awareness, enjoy the insights of extraordinary speakers, and keep up with the world around you by tuning into Notes from the Kennedy Center. Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The Supreme Court has agreed to hear another case dealing with the continuing controversy surrounding affirmative action policies, this time in regards to college admissions. The case pits a 22-year-old woman against the University of Texas, which she says denied her admission based only on the fact that she is white. Affirmative action has not been discussed in the nation's highest court since 2003, and at that time the ruling was that a limited amount of racial preference could be used. Justice Kennedy is is expected to be an important swing voter in the case, and in a comment today he may have revealed which way he would vote, saying that he thought the point was that sometimes race has to be used to break the tie. A ruling is expected next spring. The U.S. anti-doping agency's case against Lance Armstrong is not over yet, as now the agency has decided to release its over 1,000-page file against the cyclist to the public. One of Armstrong's teammates recently admitted to using banned substances during his professional career, which has added to suspicion about the seven-time Tour de France champion. The report claims Armstrong was involved in one of the most sophisticated, successful, and professionalized doping rings the sports world has ever seen. Despite the fresh claims, Armstrong has continued to deny any involvement and has given up battling the claims because he says it is pointless to argue a case that the accusers have already decided. A 14-year-old Pakistani girl has successfully been through life-saving surgery after she was the target of a Taliban attack because she campaigned for women's rights. Taliban leaders openly claim responsibility for the shooting, saying that the girl was promoting secularism. Today, doctors confirmed that they were able to remove a bullet which was causing swelling to the left portion of the girl's brain. The shooting has been denounced across Pakistan. Even the Pakistan army chief called the militant targeting of the young girl proof that the Taliban have little regard for human life. And he said this shows how far they are willing to fall to impose their twisted ideology. Plans for the Red Bull-sponsored Stratosphere Jump have been rescheduled for Sunday after an attempt yesterday was called off due to wind conditions. A specially designed pod will take an Austrian skydiver 23 miles above the New Mexico desert for a record-breaking jump that will also have the jumper breaching the sound barrier during his descent. The helium balloon carrying the pod to this incredible height measures an impressive 55 stories when it is fully inflated. The current record for a high-altitude skydive was set back in the 60s by a retired Air Force colonel who jumped from close to 103,000 feet and reached a top speed of 614 miles per hour. The Austrian jumper is aiming for a 120,000-foot jump and a top speed of 690 miles per hour. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. You said it, Carrie. Carrie Underwood. Maybe he'll think before he cheats. Hmm. 
I'm going to bet he won't. I'm going to bet he doesn't. We are talking infidelity. How do we recover? How do we stop it? Why does it happen? I mean, other than the obvious reasons that uh, I just feel the need to cheat. We're talking with our expert, Dr. Scott Haltzman. He's a MD, medical doctor, certified in psychiatry. Really a very uh, distinguished career. He was a distinguished fellow American in the Psychiatric Association, got his medical degree from Brown University in 1982. He has written a lot of books as well, Secrets of Happily Married Men, Secrets of Happily Married Women, and one that's coming out soon, I believe, is The Secrets of Surviving Infidelity. Dr. Scott Haltzman, welcome to the program. It's a pleasure being with you, Matt. You bet. Now, when is your new book coming out, Surviving Infidelity? We're talking about spring of 2013. Oh, it's so needed, isn't it? I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, the, the, there have been a number of uh, pretty good and, and helpful books written on infidelity, uh, but I think the last time these, these books came out was probably before the Internet was even invented. <laughs> yeah, so, so the research might a, not be there. There's a lot of things that have been happening since then and, and a lot of ways in which infidelity has changed. And frankly, a lot of ways in which infidelity hasn't changed one bit. Tell us about that. I mean, I guess tell us about the book and, and what you've learned. What What is it you'd think, like we did the, the story there about these people that are already successful are willing to risk it all for more I guess. Well, you know, one of the things that puzzles people about infidelity is the whole question of whether or not even monogamy is natural. Right. And you know, why uh, why do we um, why do we engage in relationships with people? Why do we commit ourselves to one person? And how is it that people choose to leave uh, relationships and leave marriage for, for to get? connections with people outside of marriage. And one of the things that happens in, in these very powerful people, people that are climbing their way to the top of politics or of, um, of finance, is part of the reason that, at least biologically, at least kind of from a Howard designed, mm-hmm. uh, you, you get on top of your game so that you can get all the prizes. You can get oh, the money, yeah. you can get the cars, but frankly, one of these natural instinctive prizes is sex. Yeah. So, so, so it's, 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 it's the payoff. It's natural. Yeah. You, it's, you, a, it's a payoff. Exactly. You deserve, yeah, it's kind of like this is just part of being successful is now you can have everything. Well, you know, there's, part of the debate also is, is uh, monogamy natural. And if you look at the vertebrae or, 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 or mammals, Probably only about three to five percent of all vertebrae are monogamous. Huh. Uh, certain, like that, wolves are monogamous, and certain types of birds are. Uh, my favorite is the anglerfish, uh, because the anglerfish, the, the the male latches onto the female, and then her body absorbs him. Oh wow! And now there's a monogamous relationship yeah. for you. Uh, Plus, but, they're a fisherman. Well, they, I mean, that, so the man right. can relate. <laughs> the old anglerfish. The anglerfish, and, and so the. the but they, by the way, they are ugly fish. Yeah. I mean, really, who would love an anglerfish? Yeah. But another I mean, anglerfish. They all are, really, Doctor Scott. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but you see, I, I think the issue is: are are we designed to be monogamous? And I think that's kind of defeating the, the getting stuck on that question is 
is, is tough because maybe we are, maybe we aren't. Yeah. But the fact is we're not designed um, to do a lot of things, but we choose as people, yeah. as, as humans, as members of society to live in a certain way. And I really, I think it's, it's easy to kind of say, well, you know, nature made me do it, but we have responsibilities for behaving uh, to, to a certain moral standard and because we, we've made a promise to right. stick with one person. Well, and especially when we've, we've had children we, or we have, you know, moral views or values or religious views and values yeah. that we're trying to espouse, you know, I guess we can no longer just leave it up to am I the, am I the natural animal or am I going – I mean, we've got to make choices to be the kind of people we want to be. And to create and a safer environment, I guess, for our family, for our kids – an example? One of the things that happens is, and I agree, and everybody will say in principle, almost everybody will say in principle, when I choose my life partner, I'm not going to go anywhere. That's wrong. That's bad. And a lot of people think that individuals that engage in affairs or infidelity are just kind of bad people. Yeah, deviant. That they're bad seeds, they're deviant, if they do it, they're always going to do it. But many of the people I've communicated with, you know, I started my research over 10 years ago mm-hmm. with the Secrets of Happily Married Men book, and have done a lot of research through personal interviews and through my website, drscott.com. And repeatedly, the stories I hear are not people that planned right. on having affairs. They're people that, for, for lack of a better word, slipped into an affair. And so one of the things we need to talk about is how to prevent that from happening, because those first steps of an affair are very preventable. And once they start taking off, sometimes everything gets out of control. Yeah, in fact, let's get into that, because um, it it seems like there's the the new language of an emotional affair, and Mm -hmm. there's all of this stuff going on with the internet where some of the lines are blurred, you know. What what are you seeing, and and how do you see that the internet's starting to impact even even our our psyche in what's possible? You know, it used to be you'd leave the old girlfriends and you'd never see them again till the reunion. Now you can see them on Facebook, and there and people are popping back into your life that maybe you've never gotten over too. I think that's a, a really good point. As a matter of fact. When you've got your first love, that first person you fall in love with, I mean, it imprints in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that puppy love really kind of stays with you. Um, and for good reasons, you're not with that person that you had puppy right, love you with. You broke off. You went in your own direction. But it will trigger. But meeting that person, seeing that person again will often trigger those feelings. Before the Internet, it was things like reunions that would start to kind of start the cycle going, particularly if it's someone you knew from before. Now, as you said, you're having a reunion with these people every day. Mm-hmm. You're searching them, you're finding them, they're easy to find, and accessibility will increase the chances of having an affair. One of the, 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 one of the prime things that will lead to an affair is having an exposure to a possible affair mate. Right. And, and it seems innocuous because you may not even know what's happening, but it's still reinvigorating the scripting you had from years ago. That's, you know, I I think that's a good way of thinking about it, about that scripting, because some of it is so automatic. And what happens is, you know, this question of emotional affair, I think, is worth addressing. Yeah, what is that? Because people will say, and I have a a patient that had come into my office, and um, the, the, the woman was furious, um, because her husband had sent something like 50 text messages 
to this woman from work over the period of just one day. And as she opened up the text messages and opened up the, you know, and, and called her, her telephone provider, this has been going on for months. And his answer was, we haven't had sex. Yeah. We're not, it's not that kind of relationship. Relax. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what Get off my back. About? Isn't that, it's true though, huh? It, well, it, it is true. And I don't, and again, I don't think this guy was a bad guy. No, he was no. really, really a, a nice guy, but he didn't have, he didn't see that sharing himself emotionally with another person, opening up, talking about, and then even teasing about things that were, frankly, were sexual. Right. Hinting at things. Innuendo, yeah. Right. And he said, oh, I drew the line. There was no, I didn't, never touched her. Yeah. Uh, to which the answer is, well, that's just not, that's just not good enough. Because you know what? If it continues on, it will end up with touching right. and it will end up with much more than that. Well, it seems like most affairs, unless it's just kind of like an illicit event, most of them are, they all start emotionally. You know, it's you starting to have a connection. And so, and in a weird way, having an emotional connection may be more of an infidelity than even a sexual connection. I mean, that's threatening uh, to people. That's a big deal. You are absolutely right. The usual beginnings of the fair have to do with this sense of emotional connection. And now, I think rightfully you may say, but, but hold on a minute, I've got a spouse. Yeah. You know, we've spent 5, 10, 20 years together. Don't we have an emotional connection? Right. And the answer is yes. But that is a deep-rooted emotional connection. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not always as exciting a connection yeah. as that person that's sending you, a, a, you know, a, a, a tweet or sending you uh, an instant message. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think my wife's listening to the radio now, and I can say, you know, it's, it's wonderful when I get a tweet from her, I mean, a, a, you know, an instant message mm -hmm. or a text message from her. But if I were somebody having an affair, and if she's listening, I'm not, honey. Yes, um, he's not. You know, uh, <laughs> thanks, Matt. <laughs> I'm here for you, Scott. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Um, but if I were if I were even thinking about an affair, imagine how exciting! Imagine oh. how my heart would race yep. when I'd get that text message. Yeah, and then we equate that to like, see, that's something I don't have with my wife. That's love, or we equate it. We kind of value it more because it's even more stimulating. Exactly, there's that physiologic arousal that happens, that surge of dopamine, which you know, which we know now from researching um, chemical dependency and alcoholism and drug addiction, we know that that surge in dopamine is associated with, with, with feeling rewarded and yeah. feeling high. You get the same brain flip turn on when you get that text message as somebody from, as a heroin addict will get when he's looking at a needle yeah. and, a, and a match. You're drugged up. You're feeling... And, and you're wanting more. Yeah. Well, and then that's interesting because then we keep dripping... The drug, every time we send another text, every time we're together. And, okay, we've got to take a break. Dr. Scott Haltzman, we're going to come back. Dr. Haltzman, I, I would love you to just to give us more tools, more ideas, things we should be watching out for, some rules we should maybe be following to, to make sure we're safe from falling into infidelity. And Absolutely. then let's also talk about how we recover. If we've been bit by that bug, how do we recover? We'll be back with Dr. Scott Haltzman. Uh, really, go to his website. A great resource for you. DrScott.com. Secrets of Happily Married Men, Secrets of Happily Married Women, and the Secrets of Surviving Infidelity. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
big-time sport fishermen now have a secret weapon that's better than any simple lure. Stay tuned, and we'll give you the big picture. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. The captains of ocean-going fishing boats have long known that flocks of seabirds herald a feeding spot with lots of fish nearby. But thanks to technology, the scale of that relationship has changed, and the birds are now hundreds of kilometers overhead, as in satellites. Thanks to NASA technology transfer programs, data from EOS, or the Earth Observing System of Satellites, is used by commercial services to show anglers the most likely ocean areas for successful sport fishing. EOS satellites collect raw climate data. The Short-Term Prediction Research and Transition Center at Marshall Space Flight Center, nicknamed SPORT, then distributes EOS information on ocean surface temperatures and the amount of chlorophyll present in different locations. People normally associate chlorophyll with plants on land, but plankton use it as well. That plankton in turn feeds progressively larger fish all the way up to the big guys, tuna, sailfish, and tarpon. The satellite data can help hone in on favorable fishing grounds in two-kilometer patches across whole oceans, turning fish stories into trophy catches. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Managing family, friends, and work can be a difficult task, and we can all use some outside help and advice. That's why Matt Townsend, life coach and counselor, is here to help. Join Matt for health, relationship, and life advice by tuning in to The Matt Townsend Show at 5 Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to The Matt Townsend Show. We are talking with Dr. Scott Haltzman, board-certified psychiatrist and the author of um, a bunch of books, Secrets of Happily Married Men, Secrets of Happily Married Women, and The Secrets of Surviving Infidelity, uh, which is a book that's going to be coming out next year, spring of next year. Dr. Haltzman is uh, trying to educate us on infidelity, why it happens, how it happens, and um, it, it really is a lot of it, like you were talking about, Dr. Haltzman, it's, you know, it's a chemical thing. Um, and then it's something we start feeding. How do you, how do you, because you know this better than anybody, how do you talk someone off the building once they're on this drug? Because they that's become a, yeah. irrational, really. Well, I, I think that uh, that's a, it is. It's a tough job to do. And by the way, one of the points is, that you've got to get off that building if you're going to work on your relationship. Yeah. So, you know, some people will say, well, I haven't really decided, you know, whether I'm going to stay in this affair or not. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to work on the relationship, but I'm going to keep my affair mate on the side. You can't do and, that. And um, I absolutely believe you can't. I mean, there are some experts that say, well, you know, you do what you can do. Well, it's like quitting but- cocaine while you're on cocaine. Well, it, it, exactly. It's <laughs> like, uh, right. You know, you're going to wean you... off of it. Yeah, and and it's and uh, so I think you have to make that break. Now, there, the good news is, Matt, that there's a part of people that want to make that break. Right, absolutely. I mean, most people don't say, "Gee, I'm a hundred percent into this affair, mate." Part of it is they don't respect themselves mm-hmm. for having an affair and for really. Um, 
really doing a lot of damage to the relationship and to the psyche of their partner. Right. They don't want, you know, a, a man or a woman who's having an affair doesn't want his or her partner to be hurt. So he feels guilty or she feels bad about that. On top of which, you know, this part of that, part of the person who's having an affair doesn't even really respect the person they're having an affair with. Right. I mean, that person knew that, that you know, let's say it's a guy. Well, the woman who's having an affair with this guy knows that he's got a wife. Yeah. And she's involved with him anyway. You know, I think part of him is thinking, you're not such a good egg. You're not really good for me. So it's, it, it, I think part of, the, part of the treatment is to really hone in on that, on that ambivalence that the man or woman who's having an affair is having and say, look, you know, what, would you, what advice would you give your friend about this particular situation? Oh, that's a great How, question. What, 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 would you tell, you know, what would you tell your kid to do right. if, if they were married and they came to you and said, I've started seeing this other person and I'm trying to wonder what to do? And it's and kind of, them, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, it's kind of like, it's hard because um, the wife, let's just say, if, if it's the husband that had had the affair, the wife is offended. She's hurt and almost feels you know justified to be ticked to, to, and, and mad. And even if the husband is starting to feel like he doesn't want to be with this person he's had the affair with, mm-hmm. there's not a safe place to land. And right. he, it, so he, it's almost like he gets kind of wedged against the person he doesn't want to be with. So you almost need to create that safe space where we can, I don't know, where it's safe for him to say, you know what, okay, I don't even want her, and well, I'm sorry. I, I, what, and, yeah, what you're talking about here is, is in, in fact, what the partner needs to do who's found out about an affair, and it's very difficult to oh, do. it's so hard. Because what you want to do is scream and yell yep. and potentially get violent and give the cold shoulder. Mm-hmm. And when you do all those things, what you do is you start to make yourself look less attractive. Right. And so, and it's hard, it's a hard sell, but, but my, my, my clients will, will understand when I say, be the better choice. Yeah. You know, be, you know, he's already, look, you've already got kids with him. You've already got, you know, or her. Yeah. You already have, a, you know, you have a history. Now, you know, be the, be the person that he'd be a fool to leave, or she'd be a fool to leave. Right. And, and act that way instead of acting angry and uh-huh. cold all the time. Because as you point out, that person you're having an affair with is going to look better every second. And, and even if you know they're not, they, and I guess part of this too is um, you, don't, you can actually decide to work to figure things out and still even decide to leave each other, but it would still probably be better to work to figure it out. Does that make sense? I mean, sometimes we think if, if you know, do you ha- I guess I'll let me ask the expert, do you have to bring the person back saying, we're going to make it work. Or the one that's been offended could just say, you know what, let's come home and try to work on this, figure it out. Then let's decide if we're going to save our marriage. Well, uh, yes, I think the, uh, the answer is you need to come home. Uh, you need to be together because um, that's, that, uh, you, that, that's not a 100% thing. I mean, there's right. some cases in which it, that, that, that just won't work out. There's too much hostility or there's too much uh, negative feelings. Um, I don't think you need to commit yourself, Matt, no. to, to working, to, to, to staying married after an affair happens, because I think there's a lot of ambiguity. You know, you mentioned, right. you mentioned a lot of politicians, um, partners, and they, 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 frequently the questions I get from journalists is, you know, 
after Maria Shriver finds out about this, or after uh, the governor of South Carolina's wife finds mm-hmm. out about this, or Spitzer's wife, why don't they leave? Yeah. And I, can, I, I get that. I mean, everybody says... Everybody says right away, if it were me, I would leave oh, I'd be the so second good. I found out. But it's out. complicated, isn't it? It is complicated. There are a lot of reasons why people stay. So I'm saying you don't have to decide to stay, Mm-mm. but you don't have to decide to leave. Right. You, kind of, you kind of sit back and say, let me understand this better. And one thing I really want to reinforce, and one of the things my upcoming book will reinforce for folks, is that the person that commits this offense very often is not a bad person. Yeah. He, you know, he or she has done a bad thing, but um, it, really, it really helps to understand what drives infidelity, what drives an affair. And if you, if you have a better understanding for that, you can sympathize with the person, kind of see where they're coming from. And, and try to build together on the relationship that you've set up with each other. I agree, and I think it seems like, too, uh, I mean, if we start demonizing him like they're evil spawn of Satan, then all of a sudden, how do you recover? How do you communicate? How do you move forward with somebody that's demonized? It's yeah. like we almost need to, you don't want to normalize it, but what they are is they're just humans, and they, they've just, the people make mistakes, and the mistakes can be for a myriad of reasons. We just need to slow down, ease off on the judgment, and start to learn and get healthy. Yes. What yeah, happened? But, but you don't know until you're in that situation. Exactly. So many, many of your listeners may be saying, well, if that ever happened to me, this is what I would do. Oh, yes. Uh, and yet, when it happens, you really have to, to make the decision. And some, you know, I hate to say this because I never recommend affairs for anybody, but some <laughs> people's relationships end up growing stronger no, absolutely. Of, of the work that they did to get through it. Dude, what do you think about um, telling your partner what you'd leave them for? I'm kind of against right. ever laying out the script of what I would ever leave my wife for. I, I, want, well, her, I want her guessing on that one. <laughs> you know, I, I think there's, you know, we, um, one, of the, um, you know, one of the fellows that I work closely with, Barry McCarthy, is, um, has, has um, kind of focused on this in a number of his, his uh, research and lectures. And what he talks about is that, that actually it does help periodically you sit down with your partner and say, look, here's, here's the risk factors. Here's what you're going to need to worry about if such and so happens. Oh, good, that, or yeah. here's the things that are, that are going to be unacceptable to me so that you kind of know yeah. uh, what those things are. And um, I think it helps to keep the conversation open. Um, and it helps for, you know, plus it helps if your partner can help you see where you're starting to, to stray, because right. a lot of people don't even know it. You know, hey, you know if, if there's a particular, this is what I call the attractive person, may not be attractive to you. You know, you may not be into Angelina Jolie. That may not be what's attractive to you. But if An- Angelina Jolie is your type, and suddenly you're sitting at a dinner table with Angelina <laughs> Jolie, you know it's a risk. Yeah, this and is so risky. I think, Plus I think it's, it's Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Don't ever Angelina take your Jolie. eye off of Angelina Jolie. I think you're <laughs> but, right, uh, and it, so you're yeah. saying it does kind of. I mean, it's it's um, it's good to know because we are kind of gullible. We we maybe yeah. underestimate the threat. Absolutely, and I think men tend to underestimate the threat yeah. more. I think women um, women are very perceptive uh, when their guys are being moved in on, 
and they'll frequently say to their partner, let's say, let's say your your husband works at a at, at, at a uh, office, and this, the wife will say, your secretary is starting to kind of um, do some things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. No, 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 it's, it's no nothing. big deal. But you pay attention when she's pointing that stuff out. That's a, I think you're right on. Dr. Scott Haltzman, can you stick through another break with us? I'll be happy to We'd talk love to you to keep at the end p- of the commercial, Matt. Yeah, at the end of the commercial, we'll be back with Dr. Scott Haltzman. Really, he knows his stuff. You can see, find out more from Dr. Scott at drscott.com. We'll be back after this break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. There's an answer to every question, a solution to every problem. Join a group of leading scholars and experts in the conversation about practical and constructive solutions to today's societal issues. BYU's Weekly Forum shares motivating and inspiring ideas on the present and future of our world today. Join us on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Russian authorities said today that they will not be renewing a decades-old disarming agreement with the U.S. The decision is just the latest hit in relations between the two Cold War-era rivals. The agreement was originally made in 1991 and has since been renewed twice. Its purpose was to bring down the level of arms in the Russian armament and has so far resulted in the deactivation of over 7,600 strategic warheads. Russian authorities say they now have the funding to carry out their own programs and no longer need U.S. assistance. U.S. military forces are now in Jordan to help the small country deal with the hundreds of thousands of Syrian refugees fleeing the civil war there. The U.S. forces are also in the country to bolster security in Jordan should there be any spillover from the Syrian fight and to be prepared to act if there is a threat of Syrian chemical weapon use. The force consists of 150 U.S. Special Forces members who will work closely with local forces to share intelligence and build headquarters to oversee combined operations. A Pentagon spokesperson says the team is not participating in any covert operations and is there mainly to observe observe and assist the Jordan forces. A South Carolina voter ID law requiring a state-issued form of ID to be shown in order to cast a ballot has been upheld but will not be implemented until next year. A three-judge decision panel unanimously voted that there is too little time to implement the law before the November 6th election. The U.S. Justice Department opposed the law, challenging that requiring voters to provide ID will infringe on the 1965 Voting Rights Act, as it would likely lead to lower turnout of specific groups. Top Democrats say the laws are aimed at lowering turnout of groups that generally vote for their party. The court ruled the law is necessary to stop voter fraud. And while there aren't many recorded cases of fraud, the law will make certain. California's worst gasoline price hike in history has finally started to ebb after over a week of climbing that left some areas facing prices in excess of $5 a gallon. 
The average price fell just half a cent today, according to multiple price trackers, to around $4.66 a gallon. Los Angeles has been particularly short of supply, leading some stations to stop offering gas altogether, as the average price there is still hovering at around $4.90. The common explanation for the spike that jumped prices over 50 cents in less than a week has been that multiple California refineries are currently out of commission. However, some senators have been calling for an official investigation to see if other less obvious factors contributed to the rise. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. You're only human, but you're my spouse. You can't be human. We're talking about infidelity, uh, and uh, that's human by the Human League. You know, infidelity, it's just so personal. It's so hard. It, it strikes to the core of us. It's uh, it's so demoralizing if it's your partner. It's And yet it's, you know... It's pretty common. So we're talking to Dr. Scott Haltzman about that. Before we go to Dr. Scott Haltzman, we wanted to just uh, to do this little uh, segment. As, as we are talking about infidelity in marriage, what happens to your children if you do divorce? Our producer, Madison, talks about her family's experience with divorce. Divorce has greatly affected my family. My parents' marriage is the first marriage in three generations that has not ended in divorce. Sometimes we do not realize how much a divorce will affect our children. My mother's parents divorced simply because they could not live together anymore. In order to provide for herself and her children, my grandma worked the evening shift at the hospital as an ER nurse. But as a result, my mom would be left with her older sister at home. The divorce happened when my mother was very young, and she recalls that once she asked her mom if it was her fault that they had split. This was common for children her age. Infants do not understand what is happening when their parents divorce. The changes in their parents' emotions and energy levels negatively affect them. Preschool children, like my mom, might think that they are to blame for the divorce. They fear that they will be abandoned. Pre-adolescents know what divorce is because of their greater sense of self-awareness, but it amplifies the pain and they lack the coping skills to deal with it. For teens, a divorce can be very stressful due to the many changes in their daily life. They fear for the future. They need solid parental support for when they reach adulthood. Looking back on my mom's life, her parents' divorce did affect her. But while some may have taken this negatively, my mom took it positively and became more committed to find a husband that could be her partner and best friend. My mom loves to give advice. Trust me. (laughs) But although sometimes, you know, being a kid, you kind of go, yeah, yeah, mom, but I always listen. What she loves to say is that if my future husband and I ever consider divorce, just keep it together for the kids. Do whatever you have to do. Go to counseling. Try to date each other more. Try to find the good in your spouse. But try to keep it together for them. This past summer, I was able to observe my best friend as her parents were going through a divorce. She was seriously sick for a few months and lost a potential scholarship because she was so sick and was just miserable. But as I visited them recently... I can see that the mother is so much happier, and my friend has adjusted to the divorce. 
It does not mean that she is happy with it, but because her friends do not quarrel and are so cordial to each other, she is at peace with it. From these experiences, I draw my own conclusion. Try to make your marriage work. Go to counseling. Do whatever you have to do to try to make it work. If it absolutely cannot, then when you split, still be pleasant to your former spouse. It will make things easier on your children and for those around you. The wise words of a child of divorce, uh, divorced parents. And I mean, really, this is one of the things I see a lot when I'm coaching couples in how to to make this happen, how to figure it out. Well, sorry. Yeah. And Madison's parents haven't divorced. Her friend's parents divorced. Uh, Madison's parents didn't know that they were divorced until I just told them. <laughs> sorry about that, Maddie. Um, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> That was great. Thanks. I was like, I'm like no. sitting there. As I, even, if, even as I'm saying it, I'm thinking, I'm pretty sure they aren't divorced, but I'm just going to say it. <laughs> so apparently they are already divorced. Um, we're going to bring back on Dr. Scott Haltzman. He is our board certified psychiatrist, which we need desperately on this show. And uh, he really he has a ton of insight on this. He has a brand new book coming up, Secrets of Surviving Infidelity. You can see Dr. Uh, Scott's work, his books. His, he's got a great blog, Twitter pages. Everything you need to know about Dr. Scott Haltzman is at drscott.com. Dr. Scott, welcome back. Well, thank you. My Twitter pages actually right now simply say, check me out on the Matt Townsend show. I know. So. I read that. <laughs> We're famous. Oh, you're great. And it's so good to have you on, really to have a, a voice of, of reason, some knowledge about affairs. You're saying you can recover. I am saying you can recover. And let me just point out a few other things yeah. before we talk about recovery, because, you know, you talk about things to prevent infidelity, and we've been talking about some of those things, but let me just try to be clear about them. Mm-hmm. You need to set clear barriers in your friendships. So, you know, you, you, it, it's not okay. It's okay to have a friend who is a significant, who's of the, you know, same sex yeah. as the person you're attracted to. Right. You know, it's okay to have a friend of, of that sex. It's even okay to have a friend who's attractive, but, that, but you can't have secret relationships. You can't have secret conversations. I mean, everything's got to be in the open. The types of things you talk about, you, you, you can, with your, you know, Matt, with your guy friends, you can talk about whatever you want to, uh-huh. but the, you're off limits to talking about certain subjects with people that you're have a risk of becoming attracted to. Isn't that you shouldn't be, that's you shouldn't be spending advice. time with them in private situations. You mm-hmm. shouldn't be having drinks with them and sitting in hot tubs. I mean, you yeah. may say, but why not? I can do that with my What's guy friends. Deal? I can do right. Seriously. But I'm saying, and you may not be expecting anything sexual to yeah. come out of those things. That's the clear thing I want to say. You're not doing it because you're bad or evil. You're thinking, why shouldn't I treat my opposite sex friends the same way as I treat my uh-huh. same sex friends? I'm simply saying you can't. And the secrets, the minute you're keeping a secret or you know, oh, I better not let my wife know that, the minute that's going down, you've crossed the line. I, look, I can tell my guy buddies things. I may even say, look, I don't want my wife to know this. Yeah. But if I'm talking to a woman, it, I better not be telling her anything that I wouldn't be telling we mm-hmm. wouldn't be telling my wife, because I, I do think that um, exactly like you said, you start sharing those intimacies, and then that intimacy fosters a closer relationship, yeah. and it moves from, from emotional infidelity uh, into, uh, into an affair, which really goes to, you were talking about, about solving the affair and what to do afterwards, and really it's the same process, which is about building trust. 
Because the main thing that happens when that affair crashes down on you is you lose the trust of your partner. And, and, and the partners who's had an affair, his or her main goal at that point is to rebuild that trust. Yeah. And that seems like, because we had, a lot of times the trust that we had was such an easy trust to kind of gain. And then to have to regain it is even harder. So sometimes we don't even know how big that trust really is oh, until it's absolutely. gone. Absolutely. I mean, I may not, you know, my wife may not be able to trust that I'm going to lock all the doors at night, mm-hmm. you know, before I go to bed or that I'm going to remember to bring in the mail. But she, 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 she gets it out of her mind. She doesn't have to worry about right. whether or not I'm going to have an affair. Yeah. And, and, and because it's a basic foundation of marriage. So in order to build trust, you need to have openness. And, and, a lot, and it's interesting that you mentioned the Internet mm-hmm. and, um, you know, with these days with cell phones and everything else, um, there's so many ways that people can sneak around. But there's also so many ways that you can track your spouse. Right and be on top of it. And once you've had that, actually, even before you have an affair, I tell people, you shouldn't be hiding passwords. You, you should, your partner should know your, your code to get to your voicemail, yeah. to get to your email, because there, because there shouldn't be those types of secrets. Transparency. Transparency, yes. I love that rule. And, um, and, and you know, it is a sign. If we can't, if we're hiding our cell phone, if we're locking our cell phone, if we're sleeping with our cell phone under our pillow, it's telling us something. <laughs> right. And people object to that. They go, well, hold on a minute. You know, I was told by my, by my Internet provider never to share my, you know, <laughs> well, look, yeah. this is your spouse. You're sharing bodily fluids. That's with right. Person. You're sharing a lot with each other. Exactly. Not to mention the three kids. Hey, picking up the poop and, you <laughs> know, right. trying to find a diaper while you're on vacation. And, you know, I think you've, you've been through a lot of experiences, yeah. but people get very funny about that. And, and if you don't mind, I'm just going to give yeah, a little scenario. Yeah. Because, you know, imagine 20, 30 years ago before, before the Internet, when, like, basically faxes were hardly even invented. You know, and imagine if your partner were to run out to the mailbox to grab the mail, run in, run upstairs to her room or his room, sort through all the mail, then come down with half of it missing and saying, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah, don't worry about it. You'd say, what's going yeah, on? Exactly. Oh, it's nothing. You would never, back in the days of just regular mail, think about hiding and not letting your partner see it. Right. And, and email's not any different. No. It's just that we've got a private box, but everybody should have access to it. And you know what? Frankly... I don't want to see my, my, my wife's emails. She doesn't want to see my emails no. because we know we can. Right. See, that's the difference, too. huh? Once you have the trust, there's a great quote um, that says, low trust cultures pay a high tax. So low trust marriages yeah. pay a higher tax where now yeah. she has to constantly question and worry exactly. and wonder. And that tax eventually wears her out or you out. And that, by the way, that constant questioning or worrying, if you've had an affair, your partner is going to be asking you a lot of questions. And one of my rules is, if your partner thinks about a question to ask you, you need to give a 100% honest answer, specifically when we're talking about the details Mm. of an affair. People say, well, I don't want to tell him or her everything that happened because it would hurt his or her feelings. Unless your partner is violent, you know, and, yeah. and, and sharing the truth could be physically unhealthy for you. It's going to be emotionally unhealthy yeah. for you. But unless it's physically unhealthy for you, you need to say, well, honey, since you asked, yes, I met with him or her. 
this many times in this occasions. What did you do? And, what did you do? What did you do? And so you know what? What, what do you the do there, Scott? Because that's asking over and over yeah. and over is because nobody tells them. They don't tell the yeah. truth from the beginning. Yeah. I agree. And then, and then I think it's kind of when you eke it out slowly, they just trust you less. Yep. Or like when you keep yeah. getting Thanks. caught, and then they okay, ah, okay, I was there for three days. That's right. Exactly. People are usually only willing to admit to what's already known. Mm-hmm. Oh, was like, Did that's you, a great rule. Yes, just once. Oh, wait a minute. I have your I have your records here. It looks like you texted her fifty times. Okay. Okay. Right. It felt it's like once. Time. Right. But I never met her. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Here's the hotel receipt. Okay. I met her, but we didn't go to the same room. I didn't touch minute. her. Yeah. Here, exactly. Hold How come they're not? Uh, isn't that true? Oh. Yeah. So you have to. So of course, you're fostering more distrust. Right. And and and, and I don't. Again, I don't blame the person no. that is not sharing everything because they really think it's not going to help. But I have to tell you, it will help. It's going to be the only way to get that trust going again. And believe me, just because you tell the truth doesn't mean the trust is going to spring, right. you know, out of nowhere. No. But it's a start. And um, they should leave their part. I mean, they should leave the person they had the infidelity with. Yeah, you can't you can't think about your partner if the back door's open. Can't serve two masters. Yeah, I mean you can't I don't have who's got enough time to spend with their partner as it is? <laughs> Not me. And then when you're exactly and then when you add to it time that you're thinking about yeah. being with, writing plus or the chemical even, skewing yeah, exactly. that takes place. Okay, uh, what else? We got about two more minutes. What else do we need to know, Doc? To 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 overcome this, I, I assume we should seek professional help as a couple. Well, you know what? I, it helps. It, it helps to seek professional help, but you have to seek the right help. Right. And I think, I think one of the big problems, and I, I'm glad you're on that subject, because one of the big problems I see is there are very few couples therapists out there that really know, A, how to work on saving a marriage right. because the dynamics, most of them yeah. do work with individuals. Mm-hmm. So with individuals, it's like you're unhappy. I don't want you to game. be unhappy. Get out of the marriage. Yeah. And the second is that they know specifically how to deal with infidelity. You don't want to meet a, a therapist that says, okay, you've been unfaithful. Let's talk about your early childhood oh. experiences for the first five visits. Right. No, we don't and have that maybe, much time. You got to get on this. Exactly. And you want somebody that's going to say, look, uh, yes, I want to hear about the marriage. I want to hear about the relationship. I want to hear about your early child experiences, but we need to move on and talk about this affair. And I need, here's the other thing. There are rules, as we talked about. You need to end the relationship. You need to open communication. You need to maintain transparency. And you need to set rules for the future. And unless this, this therapist knows the rules, you're just going to be going into the office over and over, mm. complaining, and sometimes you end up feeling worse after you leave yeah. therapy. Well, th- exactly. Then all of your talking has just created worse or more negative symbols. So now you just have a bunch of bad feelings and symbols about your life and your marriage. And sometimes you need you need you actually need some progress. You need some action, like yeah. uh, like rules. Like if all of a sudden we have a set of rules, it doesn't mean it's perfect, but it's something. That's right. You've never been through an affair before, so you don't know the rules. Up until now, you've been making it up. You want a therapist that's going to help walk you through very specifics. And, you know, as as your um, listeners ponder my words after, after I leave the studio and you have to, like, just, you know, keep them going alone. Right. I, want them, I want them to keep in mind, and, and you talk about this all the time, how powerful the marriage is. Don't underestimate the healing power of the relationship, the intensity of the emotional connection, the absolute 
indescribable benefits that you can get out of staying married. So you've been through the you've been through the ringer with infidelity. You may or may not make it through, but your marriage is an incredible resource. Do not take it for granted. Uh. Dr. Scott Halsman, love that. That Don't underestimate your power of your relationship to heal. It can work. Appreciate you so much. And again, if you want more information from Dr. Halsman, you can go to his website, drscott.com. That is the best website ever. So simple. drscott.com. And be looking for his books. He's got three or four books on there right now, plus the new one coming out in spring, Secrets of Surviving Infidelity. Dr. Halsman, thanks again. My pleasure, Matt. We'll have you back on for sure to help us with more of the complicated issues of infidelity and just the difficulty sometimes that comes in marriage. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We will be back to wrap this up in a few minutes right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The biggest ear on the planet brings galactic-scale challenges for computing. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. People thought the Large Hadron Collider at CERN in Switzerland was a big project. And it is. So big, a side effect of building it created the World Wide Web as we know it today. So, is there something else coming that's as big as that project? You bet. It's the biggest ear for listening to space ever designed, called the Square Kilometer Array. Thousands of radio telescopes from 20 countries will be networked into one virtual dish. Construction will take over a decade, and it too will spin off life-changing tech as a side effect. The array will generate over an exabyte of data per day. That's a one with 18 zeros behind it, over twice the capacity of today's entire internet every day. The storage and computer power to process that has yet to be perfected, but when it is, it will make today's best computers look like stone tools. Considering how the web transformed the world, imagine the future spin-off uses for that transformative level of processing power. Just try. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. This'll take a while. Sometimes it's better to take things slow. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview. Join Dean Duncan weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143. BYU Radio. Wrapping up the show here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We've just uh, been talking to Dr. Scott Haltzman, who really knows his stuff. Um, infidelity. I love uh, his last advice, the power of a relationship it, you know, it, it can heal. It, you know, they're pretty durable, believe it or not. And um, so don't give up. If you 
If you've had some problems in your relationship, don't give up. As we wrap up the show, though, we're going to bring on the Misfits, the team, Matt's Misfits, we call them. They're just the motliest crew you've ever seen. But um, And, uh, again, I'm sorry, Madison, that your parents didn't know that they were divorced. Are apparently now divorced. We need a better name. You might want to tell them that that was um, someone else's fault. <laughs> We're talking uh, infidelity, and it's interesting as a married guy with a bunch of these single student-ish kind of types, um, some more student-like than You others. talk about us like we're lepers. <laughs> lepers, these <laughs> leper flaky people. No. But uh, we talk about dating, and when we get into dating and we get into marital infidelity, like you guys seem to have a little harder time you know, thinking the same way as the right, healthy people like I am. <laughs> so uh, Bryce has put together a little game for I us. I have. I'm calling it Would You Put Up With It? Bing. So the idea is, you know, uh, our situations are a little bit different. Yes. Uh, you are a little more committed. I'm older. Uh, that too. Uh, I'm also ruggedly good looking. <laughs> that's true. And you own a car. <laughs> and I own a car. And I don't. I can't but swing But you that. have a bus pass. I, <laughs> to my eternal shame. Um, so here's the idea. I'm going to give you uh, a cheating behavior, okay? Yes. And tell me if you'd put up with it. And okay. Tell me why, all right? And we're going to open this up. And all of us are involved. Yeah. Even you, Madison and her parents. Yep. Here's, here's one, okay? If your significant other is contacting old flames on Facebook... Ooh. Would you put up with it? Negative. Okay, why? Because that's evil. I I am with you on that. Old flames, like Dr. Haltzman was talking about, have old flames. <laughs> They're <laughs> the, old. The formula of chemistry is still embedded in that relationship. So when we contact them, that formula, unless there was like major closure where there was a major burnout and you can't stand the person and they, you know, like killed your bunnies and boiled him in a pot unless it's that bad you shouldn't Terrible. be contacting old flings you know at first i was like well like if they're just like catching up what if they're just know. starting a new multi-level marketing opportunity <laughs> i don't know like at first i was like well maybe uh but now that you mention it I think we're about it. I don't think But so. Madison, when we talk about old flames, we're not talking about your dates that are 18 years older. <laughs> oh we're gosh. talking about flames that are actually okay, 18 years this in will the This never rears. die, I swear. <laughs> okay, so I just want that clear because when you talk old flames, it's different than the rest of us. Okay, go ahead. Anyway, keep going. That's all right. That's all right. Oh we all gosh. date older people. You know, I I don't think I'd put up with it. I <laughs> yeah, You couldn't. I, uh, I, 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 I give a lot. And yeah. I demand a lot. And Ooh. I don't feel bad about that no. because, you know, I don't have to. No. I don't. So you, you wouldn't put up with it. Anybody else? Sky doesn't even want to touch that one. Is that on a computer? Okay. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Rob just got here. <laughs> I was trying to get up to speed on, the, on this. Okay. Would we, what, would we put up with it? I'd say no. It looks like most of us say no. That seems Rob's, like, seems like, like a, a gross infraction in yeah. our world. Okay. I'll, I'll do one more. Um, uh, we talked a little bit about emotional affairs, but if someone had an emotional affair, would you put up with it? I mean, by all means, they haven't done anything, yeah, but they've still done something. Now, as a married man, I, my, hopefully my wife's not listening to this, I would probably put up with it with intervention. With intervention. There's a caveat there. I accept. That's we would fine. go. We'd go have a little intervention. 
we'd probably have to bust somebody's knees up. You know happens. what I'm saying? Your old mafia family <laughs> thing. The that... old mafia friends involved. <laughs> but there would be an intervention, like, because that's a scary deal, because now you're rocking the bedrock, right, of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's how you handle it, too. If you just, you know, you call the guy up, you say, hey, man to man, I know you got a thing with my wife, and I don't really hold it against you, but let's just go talk about it. And you. Go and you you go to the Greyhound station. You say, well, you know, we we'll just sit in this empty bus for a minute. We'll talk about it, and then you um, tie him up on the bus, and the bus is a one way ticket out of town. <laughs> and, and he never have up to in see Vegas. him again. <laughs> That's scary. I don't know, like, what exactly would you constitute as an emotional affair? Like, how far would it have to progress for you to talking call it? consistently, excessively about things that you shouldn't be talking about, and feeling deeply connected? To the other. Okay, then, I mean, since we're not really committed to our person now, I'd just be like, nope. Next! Exactly. That's, uh, it's it's interesting. Now, because we also had a big discussion about at what point is it an infidelity? Yeah. And that that went on in the our little pre-meeting. Because um, when you're dating, it's not an infidelity because you're not you married. You can't cheat if you aren't married <laughs> because that's the definition of cheat. Okay, now everyone out there is going to say, what? But, see, Uh-oh. like, for me, yes. the like, I had something similar to this happen to me before. Um, like, the day that I started dating this guy. The older guy? No. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> this is, like, two years ago. Um, I really liked him. He's actually, like, the first guy that I ever really seriously liked. Uh-huh. And then the next day, his best friend texted me and was like, hey, have you seen his mace- um, MySpace? page and i was just like no and he's like i think that you should go look at it and it was pictures taken that night before creep that creep. of him so for me i'd be okay. like i think that's cheating that's cheating rob it's not cheating it's it, up until that point it's just product research it's not cheating <laughs> you haven't it, well, it, you I need to go do cheating. some more product it's research. like saying i'm gonna re- i'm gonna borrow this car from the dealership for one of those like 24 hours. Except cars don't have feelings, Rob. And I'm going to report it stolen because the dealership took the car back. Like, if you liked him, then you should have put a ring on it. Or whatever that song goes. (sighs) Until you sign the contract and it's legally... Yours. Yours. You can't okay. report the car stolen. That's the problem. You don't you possess a relationship. Relationships are based on feelings, people. Anyway, I digress. We're going to wrap it up, folks. Keep listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.